0: Hey folks, uh, this is a special podcast, a little different format, different style, different uh, approach, different attempt to podcasting here. Um, I'm actually not walking the dog right now, I'm actually inside air conditioning, it's 78 degrees, it's uh, 7.15 in the morning and I'm going try to try to knock out this podcast, a nice short one dedicated to an advisor I have and um, let's see how it goes. So the idea is the subject of this is the my passion for walking in the spirit, and I know from forty years of being in various Christian communities that the subject of the Holy Spirit is very difficult to understand and also articulate and communicate for others. and um, I think i I kind of got myself in this process. That's helping me, so I don't know if it'll help you or, or whatnot. But um, I um, started this process with the idea that we quote verses so often in churches, or we get a little snippet here and there of one, you know, three or four verses out of this chapter, and and, and if you hang around church for forty years, you are probably going to get the whole thing. Um, and and then the other factor is like churches usually um, once on Sunday. Um, but I am reminded, little little trail there, that the Roman Catholic Church have Mass every day. You can you could actually go to Mass every day. So shout out to Roman Catholics. You actually got something good going on there. But either way, I actually don't think that going to a a building, going to a group, going to somewhere, and listening and hearing someone speak, even if it's from the Scriptures, it's good. But I think what I'm proposing is much much better, and and it's personal to you and it's a daily reading that you do yourself and it's not reading um, well there's all so many famous devotional books by so many people but when but if you read a devotional book you're actually getting filtered thoughts right you're reading words from someone that you know they may eloquently express wonderful things about God right so my thing of walking in the Spirit is going back to the core message of the whole thing. The whole, and when I say the whole thing, it's, it's the Bible, right? It's, it's, you know, we have these scriptures somehow where we don't have much else to go on. We, so we, you know, there's all kinds of arguments about whether the Bible's true or not, whether these things happen. There's, there's a lot of support for it. I'm not an apologetics guy. Like, that's, there's a whole bunch of people that come up with apologetics about why these things are true. Um, my position is that uh, the, the events fairly clearly happen that there is a, a man that came Jesus Christ that was crucified and uh, raised from the dead they can't find his body um, and it's documented in the scriptures so those events a big 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 event and it, and it flows out of Judaism right so the whole History of God interacting with the Jewish people, so we have that Old Testament process, and so my view on the whole message of the whole thing is, you know, God was is up to something. It's a mystery, as they say in the New Testament. You know, the whole thing's a mystery, and we're created beings. We're humans. We it's we're limited, and that's the way. That's just the way we were created, and it's fine. And the mystery of God and and this whole concept these philosophical concepts of free will and so forth they're they're fine uh and and that's supported by what happened in in the garden so you have the Adam and Eve created and they choose to um gain knowledge so that's, to me that's also interesting because one of my themes is that okay How much knowledge do we have to have? Because I'm a person that pursues knowledge, knowledge, knowledge. So this process helps me as well because I'm thinking, how does this interact with the Spirit? How can I walk uh, with God? There's so many passages that talk about walking with God, walking in a manner worthy of God, walk in the Spirit. What does that that do? And I have a unique situation. I have my own life. And the message is that God's present, God's um, fully present, and it's up to us to kind of acknowledge him or recognize that or just humble and say, okay, God, you're present. Um, and He, I'm coming to see that it's he just wants to enjoy fellowship with us. So most of the churching and the religious instruction is so behavioral oriented, like, well, you really should do this. And you, you know, you really got to do that. And it's so behavioral oriented. And it's as if they're mediating between this God creator, which is way bigger than any of us. And the preacher teacher stands there. And unfortunately, it seems that they've taken the role of mediator between God and us. Right. So I'm like, there's some really great instruction in there. I know it. And I, I've heard, like, I think 2,000 sermons. You know, I've, I've invested a lot of time in this. Um, but I didn't start really paying attention until I had what I call, like, the Holy Spirit moment where um, I needed to see Christianity lived out outside the church, outside of Sunday morning. And I, I never really saw that growing up. I was pretty much rebellious against being taught facts. Now, I had all the facts about redemption, all these big words, you know, you get reconciliation and propitiation and things. And it's like, well, this is an academic study. I get the knowledge and things. And uh, much, much later on, I would look at 1 Corinthians 13 at the beginning and see that Paul is credited with being super smart guy, which he seems to be. But he says, hey, if I have all knowledge, but don't have love, then I'm nothing. So, so really, um, how loving am I? So it's, you know, instead of trying to be outsmart other people or have more knowledge and uh, and for whatever reason, that's kind of my DNA is always learning and trying to figure out things and questioning and strategizing and I, coming up with ideas. So I'm, my brain is really super active. So. What I do is I, I said, look, okay, let me get the big picture. I'm, I, I want to read this stuff in context, right? So I uh, start looking around, and this, this developed over probably a year process because at first I just started like, okay, let me read Paul. He's a, ma- a major character in the New Testament, and the reason I kind of focused in on him initially is he's a guy that didn't hang out with Jesus. Well, he's not John. He's not Peter. So he didn't experience the three years of walking around with Jesus, right? So whatever God, Jesus is up to, you have the crucifixion and the resurrection. Um, Paul was not involved in any of that. He may have observed it from a distance, and we know from his story that he actually persecuted these Christians. He's a Jew, a Pharisee. He knows a lot of the Old Testament. Very smart guy. And so I decided to, hey, what, what happened with this guy? What, you know I, We know from Acts how it started, that um, he was persecuting people, and God inter- Jesus intercepted him and said, "Hey, why are you persecuting me?" Right? So there's lots of good sermons about um, Jesus actually felt like Paul was persecuting Jesus himself, even though he was locking up jewish believers of the new way they called it right the way so anyway so paul actually um start- he probably didn't he was probably had that um, event and i don't think he really was super active as we would know him and for like 15 years so something was percolating with him for 15 years and then barnabas comes along and calls him to help in antioch and gentiles who we are right so you know, we have um, the whole planet now with 7 billion people, and, and biblically they would say that there's either Jewish people or Gentiles, so we're all Gentiles. So I'm, I'm pretty sure I'm speaking to a Gentile person, it's like, well, how did we come of faith? Because we didn't have the history of those thousand years with the story of God working with a special people. And it's a mystery why God chose to do what He did, but that's what He did. So we have this special, small group of people um, that are interesting, and that's not the subject of this podcast, but I just wanted to point out that it was a big deal for these people who were Jewish, who hung out with Jesus for three years, the disciples. All these events happened. Um, Jesus resurrected, tells them that the Holy Spirit's coming, the Holy Spirit comes. Um, Many amazing things happened. A lot of Jewish people are... are, um, understanding the history, the connection from the Lamb of God. The, the, they see the connection with Abraham offering Isaac, his only son. And, and so there's all this symbolism, which is not just symbolism. It's their story. It's their their deal. So Paul comes along. He was stuck on that and is really like, nope, we got to stay to the, the, the facts that we have and this Jesus guy and what you guys claim about him is just weird, but God intervened in his life and uh, opened his eyes, as I would call it, to what was going on. So now 15 years later he's going to help Gentiles out, goes on missionary journeys, and eventually he gets over into what's today's Turkey and then Greece. So his first letter apparently is 1 Thessalonians and 2 Thessalonians. So. We pick up a Bible. I mean, every one of us will pick up a Bible, and it'll start out with Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, the four Gospels, which tell you the story of who Jesus was, what he did, and many of the things he said. And um, and then it goes into the book of Acts, which is the flow and history of the first, I don't know, 20 or 30 years of the church. And then you have letters, okay? And, and I think it's really important to... Uh, see what Paul says and Peter and John and, and, and just kind of put it together. And, and not, not the message I pick up is from, from my 40 years of Christianity is, is that the Bible is the word of God, it's inerrant. And unfortunately it comes across to me, like people pull verses out and, and try to apply them to 2019, you know, and they don't, they just don't look at the history of like how these things were written. Who's writing it? What's their background, right? So, and again, that's not an academic exercise. What I'm proposing is not, you know, studying Greek and Hebrew and, and getting really complicated. It's not doing, a, you know, in-depth Bible study. I'm not proposing, oh, read this. Here, I'm going to give you the questions you need to ask. No, none of that. I'm just saying, let's, hey, folks, we have the luxury right now of being able to just read this ourselves. It's so... Convenient, and in historically, we know from fifteen hundreds the printing press came out in that era. Martin Luther printed the Bible in German the first time. So now the the Scriptures are now very available, and even in twenty nineteen here five hundred years later, it's so easy. It's on the phone, and we can read this stuff now. I decided to like okay, let's let me follow this Paul character and read through his. Um, Books and then also try to follow his his life, right? Because it acts kind of covers his life, and you can see where he's visiting these various churches that he's groups of people that he set up and what he says to them, and it's just fascinating. It's all there, not that's not hard to read, and um, so I read it one chapter a time. So I start um, actually I've, I've I've made a change this week. See, it's still kind of evolved. So John twenty is where I'm deciding to start. So I started John twenty it 's a gospel, and it 's jesus' resurrection and I even got a kick out of that because you know some people have talked about this too before i'm sure and I, and i'm not I don't, some of my biblical commentary i'm sure is not the first time ever someone said these things or observed these things in two thousand years, but for example, um, Mary comes to the um, tomb, and jesus isn't there and there's some guy there and she thinks he's the gardener and says like oh mr Gardener, um have you seen jesus and have you taken his body somewhere and uh, have you laid his body somewhere may you tell me where it is and the guy that she's talking to is actually jesus so there's a good question like this woman spent many hours with jesus so he didn't look like the jesus she saw when he was walking the earth so he, you know they could recognize him if he talked to her right so almost right there at the beginning you can see like we might know about jesus I, and this almost is starting to sound like a sermon so i'm sorry about that because i'm i should stay on track and and talk about the um process here but I, I just wanted to point out that there's some gems there. It's like, oh, Mary didn't even recognize him, and he revealed himself to her. And it's like, well, that's kind of odd, right? So I don't want to go too deep into that, There's, but that's a very beautiful moment. And then um, uh, Peter and John um, running to the tomb and so forth. And then it goes into John 21, which is my absolute favorite. And I used to start at John 21, but I thought, you know, I might as well start at John 20, because that's the resurrection. 21 is like 20 days after the resurrection or something like that. I'm trying to figure it out. It doesn't matter whether it's exactly 20, 30 days after the resurrection, but chapter 21 is that point. And it's not quite the very end, but uh, the book of Acts um, covers that very well, chapter 1. So I go from John... To Acts, and I read through Acts, get an overview of the whole story. What Peter did, John, people being thrown in prison, getting out the same day, people getting thrown in prison and being stuck in prison for four years. That's a little different. Um, so you get Paul's background, and then you start. Then I start reading First Thessalonians, Second Thessalonians, Galatians. I think it's First and Second Corinthians, and and I just follow the path. Because Paul, and, and Corinthians is a city way, you know, west of Athens, and it, and it just helps for me to, and I, I think for everyone, is to kind of think where, the, where is he at? What's the situation? Um, is he at the end of his life? Because later on it, it ends chronologically with 1st, 2nd Timothy and Titus at the end of his life, and, and Paul's giving instructions to Timothy about that church. And, and, and so I used to stop there, but then I thought, you know, that would be about 120 days of reading the Acts and all of Paul's letters in order. And I would do a chapter day, and i sit down. Um, the practicality of it is, is I've got an a f- electronic file, I have a laptop, and I copy. I usually just say, okay, today's date, what time is it? I don't know. I just, these little nuances that I do. As, so journaling, for example, Right. So, so I just get a few feels. I kind of make a few comments like, how am I feeling? What was yesterday? Like, what, what's going on in my life? And it's, and it's all building on this, this God's presence, um, 24, seven, you know? And, and, uh, so I'm developing a, a level of confidence in that, that in every interaction that God is present. So it's, I don't really have it mastered and that's okay. And we're all um, on our journey, and we'll ha- we'll have um, master certain things, but we won't master other things. And it's all it's all fine. God loves us all, and, and we're not all supposed to be the same. So I think that's also one of my one of my pet peeves with church is that if you step back for a minute, it's almost like in many churches, not all, but in many churches, the um, and maybe God brought me to this church as kind of not the best. It's okay. But I mean, I mean, but I get the impression like if you don't fit the mold, the personality, the behaviors, they're unwritten, but they're kind of like subtle cultural stuff for this location. And I'm in Arizona, which is a really weird place because we don't have hundreds of years of culture here. We have people coming in from all over, right? So there isn't really an Arizona culture. So We have people from the Midwest. I'm Irish background from the Midwest. And then my wife's got German background from, actually from Hungary and Yugoslavia, Germany and Chicago. And then there's people from Texas here. There's people from Alabama, from Georgia, from all over in Arizona. So it's unfortunate, but it does, even so, it still has this mold of what's acceptable behavior and how to live. And maybe, and maybe it's just my perceptions of it and my perceptions is my reality and um, so yeah I don't like to be squeezed into um, behaviors that are like that so um, I decided to do this every day and read it journal express my thoughts and then I get into the actual chapter and I just read it through once and I kind of highlight it I use the red italics um, for certain keywords words that speak to me or that I think are important and then I go through it once and then I do what I call a breakdown where I, I copy the first paragraph and I kind of separate the high words. I just put a space, a carriage return before any red highlighted words so I would say, okay, there's something going on with this word, this thought, this this st- structure of language that is jumping out at me so I... I look at it a second time and I kind of maybe think, well, why am I thinking about this? Why am I thinking about this word? What's going on in my life? How does this apply to my situation? I may think of a relationship that I'm having with somebody, which again, that's the beauty of this whole thing is like, it's unique to you. It's unique to me. It's What's going on in your life? You may have four young kids. You may have adult kids. You may be empty nester. You may be anywhere along the path. You might be a student. There's, but you, So no pastor, no spiritual guide, no human is going to have the time that God has for it. That's the mystery. God has time, and He wants to be involved in every moment of our life. So, so wherever you are in your life, you just sit down and you take the 20 to 30 minutes of just, okay, I got this chapter. What is it telling? me? What it, what's it revealing to me? And by starting with John. 2021 in Acts 1, you get, the, you get the kickoff of the situation we're in. Basically, it's a major, major event that God would send a Son. Think about it, right? That's just amazing. And we do talk about it. We do celebrate it. And, it's, and that's good, but I, I just feel like we're disconnected sometimes. We don't have a flow of what's going on and where we're at now and how it is apply applied in 2019 to the life that we all have, the gift that we have right now. And um, so the resurrection is, it all changes. Because if you look back, nobody really understood it until the resurrection. And really, I would say nobody understood what was going on until the Holy Spirit came, which Jesus promised. And it's recorded, but they don't really understand it. So another point I want to make is that the four Gospels, it, it, I don't, to me, I don't like the way the, the New Testament's laid out because I, I just had to deconstruct it. To um, take it apart and say, you know what, I I wouldn't put. That. I get it, like that. That's you got to kind of understand the story to really go further. But for me, I'm like, I want to. This is historically what happened, and it also gives me some insights because Matthew, for example, the Gospel of Matthew, probably wasn't written until like seventy A.D., late sixties. So, so what you have is if Jesus we believe like Jesus' resurrection was in the mid-30s A.D. So you have almost 40 years of events before the recording of Matthew or I don't know how, we don't know how it was done or whether he maybe he was working on it for 40 years. Like some struggling writers will take a long, long time to finish their book, right? <laughs> so for 40 years, maybe Matthew sat on this in his head. I don't know. Maybe he scribbled out a, a first draft, I don't know, you know, the whole writing. It does, it looks fairly ed- well edited, I would think. I mean, it's not perfect stuff, but it has a nice flow. So anyways, it doesn't get published or whatever you want to call it till 70 AD, finished, circulated, what have you. So, So what that tells me is like, well, Paul and Barnabas and the disciples, they were out doing stuff. They were out verbally spreading the message because there was no electronic communications, certainly. There wasn't even books. And in fact, there was people hardly read. There was the school systems weren't even existing. I mean, it was pure luxury that you could read, and you had something to read, right? So they took this, the message, as the Jewish custom too, because it wasn't like the Jewish people had a printing press when Moses was around. They didn't. You know, they had scrolls and they had some things, but it was always... Controlled by the priest, or they were the ones that dispensed the information to everybody, but now we don 't sell i 'm saying we don 't celebrate the fact that we can do it ourselves. we can read this stuff ourselves and um, and the message is the Holy Spirit who can guide us so wow i 'm at twenty five minutes already, and i 'm um, not being concise, so sorry, but I am being a little more i think i 'm being less goofy, whatever you want to call that, whatever that is. So, um I read through it and then I decided the first like went 120 some days of Acts and Paul, and I thought, you know what? I'll just throw on Peter and John and then, and kind of fit them in chronologically too. And that's been good because I'm actually starting to identify with John a lot. And um you know, and and so when I do this, um for me it's like these are people, and I and I pick up nuances that I, I wouldn't pick up if I, if I read the Bible the way it's traditionally or commonly done, which is, okay, this 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 fall semester, like a a, a church may say, hey, we're going to study the book of Hebrews. Let's all get excited about Hebrews, and we dig deep into the words of Hebrews, but we don't. To for me, I want to flow. You know the. I can read the book of Hebrews. It's only 13 chapters, I believe, in two weeks, right? One chapter a day, but I do it in a flow pattern. You know, it's like I read all the other stuff, one chapter a day, and I don't. That's like what what they would call looking at the forest from the trees. So, we tend to to be very tree studiers. You know, deep dive on Hebrews and get excited about let's. Tear apart, look deeply into Hebrews, and I'm saying no. Let's let's flow this thing. What's going on? You know what what what's my, what might be in the guy's mind? I I think. I mean, some people debate about whether Hebrews was written by Paul or somebody else. Uh, there seems to be indication at the end that it's claimed to be by Paul. So I'm I'm fine with that. I mean, I don't, I don't need to debate it. it, it it's like if it wasn't Paul, who was it? You know, somebody who talked like Paul. Or to me, the Hebrews is a book where Paul's again. It's related to me to Romans, where Romans there's a couple of chapters where Paul has a heart for his Jewish people. And think about it, people. It's not like, the 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 way the American Protestant pastors and teachers treat the Bible. It's like Paul's just an instrument of God to get the word out and I'm like no that's simplistic I think God really loves all of us even Paul he loves Paul as a human and he let Paul express his processing of God and and what this what Jesus meant to him and spoke from guidance of the Holy Spirit so but it wasn't like God was putting the words in his hand to write and that's how it comes across very clinical and i i think whether it's peter and, and john and, and and when you start reading it the way i have been suggesting you just read through it um i notice things like well paul was not kind of ticked off at peter when you read galatians 2 because peter was falling into um the law again like behavior modification or you know impressing the jewish people that he hung out with. And, and, Pe- and Paul was really upset with that. And, then, and yet, we know Peter was pretty awesome and along his story, but his story starts way back with Jesus. So, um, you know, in, and that's in the gospel stuff. But the, the, on, on Peter then, when he writes his letters, I was really impressed when Peter, at the end of his life, acknowledged that, hey, Paul's letters are pretty important. They're they're pretty hard to understand or hard, or I can't remember the exact words for it. But even though Paul opposed him for a while, and it was like a correction thing, um, Peter, you know, didn't defend himself and argue back with Paul. He kind of like, yeah, I think Paul's probably right about that. And it's not that Peter didn't really write anything negative. It was just his behavior um, in this one town, so what I'm getting at is, is let's let's read it, let's you know commit yourself to following all the way through. Take and take 15, 20 minutes, and it's not about the knowledge to me. It's about the flow and what's the message of the whole thing. So there, there's this mysterious Holy Spirit that Paul talks about on, and on quite often, and, and Peter too, and John. And and we have the doctrines and the statements of faith about the Trinity, but what it you know what if it's really true? Let's start living like that's true. We all agree to it intellectually, but how do we put it into practice? This Holy Spirit thing. So I I call that the fifth or the sixth sola. So there was uh, many of these solas. It's a bit academic discussion, but I use it. I accept it. I'm like okay, you guys like your five solas. Well, I think it's time for the sixth solo, which is walking in the spirit. So in Latin, just to, to go along with all the my previous guys <laughs> that wrote this stuff, the uh, to go along with them, uh, the sixth sola is sola spiritu ambulatio, which is uh, simply walking in the spirit. So that we need to do that. Every every one of us would learn to live in the presence of God, and the and presence of God includes the Holy Spirit, walk in the Spirit, have the fruit of the Spirit, which I know I don't. So this is not a, I'm not sharing this with you because I have it all figured out. I'm sharing it because I'm on a pathway of improvement, transformation, that's it. So <clears throat> I, I need to transform, get better, a lot of that sanctification actually comes from God anyways If in certain passages. We'll find that our growth and improvement actually is God opening our eyes, helping us move forward and get better. So <clears throat> um, even though there's some analogous pattern to working out in the gym, which I kind of like, um, I do need to go to the gym and lift weights, and I'm reducing my body fat. And I like that analogy and um, symbolism. And, you know, I think we all, we probably have a spiritual obesity issue that we can overcome by working on the gym. So think about it. Gyms have only been around for a 100 years or less and working out. So, you know, not that many people are working out in the gym, and probably more people should, and they would buy benefit from it. But it's just getting the coaching and the pushed over the top to go do it so this is this is for me, and and I'm I'm sure there's resistance. Like, well, you're just looking at the New Testament, and you're not even really studying the Gospels. And I say, well, you know, this is the latest. This is what's really going on. This is God departed. This is this is our situation. The Old Testament situation is not our situation. I'm not saying it's not true. I'm just saying let's focus on now, like now. And to me, it's like bonus material to go back to. Um, Genesis and think about Joseph, and I love the story of Joseph. It's an awesome story, but there, the Holy Spirit was probably working in a way, but it's not the same way as today. So it's available to everyone now, and um, and that may sound spiritual craziness talk or whatever, but you know it's it's a great story and it had its purpose. It still has a little you know some purpose, but it it was really purposeful. For the Jewish story, for the how they moved to through history that's fine, I get it, and so i don't I don't do a chapter of Genesis a day you know and do that maybe I will in the future, but for now, I really feel strongly that I need to understand this Holy Spirit, I need to understand what Paul was doing and Peter and John, and just get the the basics of the message of the current message because God revealed himself over time and especially through Jesus we know that and we know the the crucifixion resurrection ascension and coming Holy Spirit those are big big deals you know and and that's my passion my emphasis my own I own that concept I want you people to grab it to to entertain that to, to try it out to think about hey what was going on, and now we have a Bible. I can read it myself. I'm going to invest 30, 20 to 30 minutes a day. I'm going to do this for 151 days now. It sounds like forever, right? So it sounds like a big ask. But I, I think it's, it's, it's worthwhile going through that process. I've done it twice a year now. I, I don't stop. I just keep going. Because I, I just find it so beneficial and it's not so much like the knowledge of the Word. It's like, what's the message? How can I use this today? What's, what is God speaking to all of us? Especially, and it's like to me, how can I do it? And how can I transform? So back to that transform word. word. I say it's time for us to all just take responsibility and transform ourselves. Think about transforming ourselves. And not try to reform the church, right? So reforming, we've had 500 years of reformation. That's Martin Luther, the Roman Catholic Church. Martin Luther was frustrated, argued with them, fought against them. And now everybody's spawned all these denominations. That's 500 years of history. It's not that far back. You can follow it. And unfortunately to me, it seems like there's leaders of these organizations that come in and they think they've got it figured out. And, so, and then this whole style of preaching and, and Delivering messages, yeah. I mean, it's some. There's really great speakers out there, especially with the internet now. Again, a technology that didn't really uh, avail uh, avail itself to us 15 years ago. I mean, if you go into church in the 80s and 90s, you didn't really, you weren't able to compare your pastor to anybody else. Now, everybody's every pastors puts out a podcast, puts their message out there. They used to do it with a tape ministry, cassette tapes. Well, now you can easily, for free, see pastors all over the world preach and teach. And it's like, you know what? I think, there—it's again, it's a little bit Reformation-oriented. Like, we have it figured out. Like, our church has it figured out. And I really think it's time to change that to transformation. And I would prefer if a preacher would be teaching us how to read the, the scriptures and get it into our lives. Now some say they will, but they don't really give you a systematic way. They'll just say, you know, get in the Word, you should spend more time in the Word. And, and there's no real, okay, so how do you do that? So this is one way to do it, it's, and since it's, you get the full thing, you know, you just get the whole thing. And later on I'll comment about other stuff. But. For the time being, that's my passion. That's my owning it thing. And it's 36 minutes, much longer than the 15 minutes I wanted. But it's a step in the right direction because last time it was a full hour. So there you go. Uh, Grace, mercy, and peace to everyone. Bye-bye.